Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we want, isn't it? Absolutely. Are you doing That's what your it's about. all? Are you doing your all to help kids not die? I certainly like to think I am, but I doubt it when I hear new stuff all the time, like what I you you met me with, you know, that today, you know, hearing that there's that other people are more open-minded to things that I'm still a little bit closed-minded to because not unlike uh, the last lady we were talking to, I, I, I do think that people being strung out on some things, I, I, I just have a hard time. I think abstinence-based. Well, let's, let's look at it from an existential philosophical point of view. People have become so blah. You know what I mean? It, it, so what's the difference if they're stoned on pot? Now, what's my thing is, it's tragic for a young person to die before they've had the chance to see if they get enlightened and gain insight and become a positive effect on their community. It's It's something about Southern California, I think. I don't know if I'm wrong or what it is, but people... So, you know when a plane is going to, uh, uh, you know, um, empty out? When the, the, when you land and the doors haven't opened, but everybody stands up. Right. So you disembark. Everybody, yeah, disembark. So there's all these people rushing to get out, right? And so I'm standing there, and literally, like, five people just were pushing to get off the airplane not letting people out of their aisle to go right okay yeah that's well, the world that we live well, in. well they're pretty important they probably just posted a very clever political meme that was going to change the world <laughs> you know? but, oh my God. but you know like i i just that's not how the world used to be people used to be considerate and respectful uh, so think about kerouac uh, Ginsburg, all those guys, they were an alt generation of free thinkers, right? In a world full of assholes. So things but, really but haven't the, changed that much. The asshole existence, no, the asshole, no, there's a huge uptick in narcissism in America. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A, a huge. Okay. You can't deny okay. it. This is not the way it was in the 1950s and 60s. This is a different world. And so so the idea that, I just, I just don't, I don't like the idea of not doing anything when it's in the realm of what I can influence, which is kids dying of drugs when they're 22 years old for no fucking reason other than ignorance, lack of compassion from the community that says they mm -hmm. want to help them. I mean, that's a big one. Either have the fascism of the 12-step world saying, well, some have to die so some can live or some just don't yeah. get it. Or you have exploitation of the call centers and the rehab centers that just want to make money off of them. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I have to do something just to clear my own conscience. But do I think that they're... That, that harm reduction, just however they survive doesn't matter to me because the society is so non-functioning. You know, I heard an amazing statistic. 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their bank account. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? Now, I don't, but I don't want to. <laughs> Because you spent a thousand dollars today, <laughs> I got the eBay app right here, Chuck. <laughs> like no. if it wasn't for eBay, I think I would kill myself. It's so hopeless. The society, the society is so hopeless. I love eBay. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like money, and as much as I like stacking it up, I like spending it more. I just don't believe in stacking it up because it's just not worth what but, it's going to be. But understand that that like that means that everybody's a little anxious. At the very least, seventy percent of the population are one car accident, one broken leg away from real cataclysmic life changing problems. Right, and and that was uh, who did I see? I saw a Jim Carrey on Bill Maher, which is one of those things that I don't normally watch but it was on and i just wanted to see because i don't it, does it broadcast in orange county bill maher is it banned? Yeah, i had to put up an antenna 
and uh, it's a pirate station. <laughs> and some of us God. rebels, we um, some of us with a we have them, a rebel 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 squad some out of us there with, with a liberal social you know agenda. Do we, they drive we, around in cars looking for people that might be listening to Bill Maher? You know they they don't even look at my house because I, I've got a flag I fly out front. And oh, they, they assume you're disguising that, it, right? They, they assume I'm I'm towing the line, so I I, I tow the uh, Orange County line. But so and, did you have to call somebody and clear it before you? Went? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, you're just so, trying to see how the other the commies think. Okay, so you do your research, <laughs> and Jim Carrey says what? People are stupid. No, he he said that. Um, oh my God! Now I've forgotten the point. <laughs> I can't believe you guys just did that to me. <laughs> Train left, and I wasn't on it. What was he talking oh, about? Dude. He was. I don't know, man. He was really taking. He was taking a lot of swipes, swipes at the way things are, and that you know that. He goes, Canadians are nice because they have health care. Canadians are nice because they're not one one surgery away from being broke. You shouldn't worry about being bankrupt because your appendix quits. Right. And he goes, of course we're nice. We don't have the fear that Americans do. I, that's just what I'm saying. We don't there, have, is, there is a fear which I think equates to stress, which I qu- think equates to giving up, which I think equates to anger, which I think equ- is it now equating in the last two or three years to hatred of your fellow American. Yeah, and I and I and I watch it. So I'm not saying, oh, if they see the the twelve step ideas, you work the twelve steps, and you're just your life is going to be wonderful. No, it's not. Nothing about America is wonderful nope, at this there's point. There's still the Facebooks. There's still <laughs> there's still well, there's still po- like working class poverty. There's still. Yep. There's still stress. There's still worry your kids are going to get shot at school. There's all this worry, and that they are really solid things that you should worry about. And I think it overwhelms people, and they just give up, or they just withdraw, or they eat themselves to so, death. So I don't know, but I just notice it. Like it's like it's like the Walking Dead. Who's being served by this agenda, though? Because. The idea of fear and being in fear and orange alerts and red alerts and um, this is what's on your news and this is what we're hearing about everything all day long, the eminent collapse of the United States and everything. There is a fear agenda that's being, that's being propagated. Why? What is, what is the end result? To of not me- question the wealth disparity is what I think. You think that that's, that's the end game, is to not question the 1%? When 1% of the population knows 90% of the wealth, it's kind of obvious that who's trying to disguise everything. So we should just be grateful to be scraping by and... And, Hate, and hating each other. Well, I understand the hating each other. It's been the best uh, division of the country ever. As since the Civil War. Has happened. Since, well, since Carlin, six, George Carlin has a whole act on this where he talks about how... The people in power, it doesn't matter whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans. Oh, yeah, it definitely they keep, doesn't matter. They keep the middle and the middle class fighting. The, Let's the go two over parties. It. Let's okay, go over listen, it. So that they can steal while they're fighting. In other words, start that well, fight. Well, there Those is no they. I'll, I'll just say there is no they. There's not them. There's all these differing extreme capitalist systems one of them is the healthcare system one is the health insurance one of the biggest jokes in the world you, you insurance the word insurance means insurance against a catastrophic illness it's not it's not healthcare you don't get healthcare for your insurance that was the biggest boondoggle the fucking insurance industry ever sold to the american public and it was sold by Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan. Then it was continued by by Bill Clinton and and George H. W. Bush and George Bush and and Obama. It doesn't matter who's in power. The American healthcare system is broken. It's broken. I'm going to die because of it. They don't pay for medicine that saves your life. Right. Well, yeah. There, I've been hearing a whole lot of things. People are super angry. At the fact that well, Trump has been you know trying to disassemble it, right? There's no doubt about that. That the, the prices are going up and the healthcare is less. That's a fact. But but even I tried to get Harvoni under Obama. It was fifteen thousand dollars. 
right? So I can't be, live uh, unless right. I come up with $15,000. Right. You know. When I got sober, if you worked hard, look what happened. Work hard. You know, stay sober, work hard, work your way up. You can have a comfortable life. You can have a lot, a lot of uh, of of peace of mind. If you get sober in 2018, there's no guarantees of. It. I don't think they're trying to sell that. I think what you hear in those in a 12 step meetings is, "Hey, this is just going to get real for you. This is going to get okay, real." Okay, but it's also if we even take that out of it, the, the whole idea of if someone comes into treatment and they want to stay in. Southern California. Right. You need to get a job. Now, you get a job, it's not going to be making enough money to be to, able to, to stay here. So the, the next step is, that that's something to look at right there. The fact that you can't do a start over in a state, you yeah. have to go... Yeah, I don't know where you go. I hear there's uh, ice fishing in Wisconsin. <laughs> in Wisconsin, yeah. And, yes. and so, I mean, I mean, I'd probably be going there, but there's... And now, do I believe in all this doom and gloom? I'm just, I'm not a part of it. Every time I bring something up, everybody thinks I'm angry or miserable. I'm actually not. I just, when I see, when I see the world, I'm just aghast. This is not the world I grew up in. This is not the world that even existed when I was got sober. This is a new world, a different world, an ugly world, a, a stress-filled world, a fear-filled world, a, and a, and a hate-filled world. Okay, I don't get it, okay? Like, you go, okay, you can get this way when you go to Disneyland, for instance. Yes. You get exactly like this when you go to I Disneyland see, for I a see day. you. I see you at Disneyland, Mike, and you're just oblivious to what's around you. I love you. it. It's all he good. It's all happiness. He doesn't even notice. <laughs> like, the people sweating because they can barely I don't give a shit. I like, don't give a shit. Why I don't do you, look at Okay, it. okay, so that's your coping mechanism. He doesn't give a fuck when he sees all I this don't. suffering and anger and frustration and and and, and no, what I, mean, I see when I get I get angry about it, I want to do something about it. Mike just says, "Fuck it." <laughs> okay, then let them live, let them die. I don't care. <laughs> you know, whatever they want to do. I mean, it's about you know. I don't. Well, know. you know that. So okay, but my point was, Bob, is that you went to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin was, was paradise. Amazing. It was amazing. So that's part of the world, correct? No, so but the there's whole something world is not falling fucking apart. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the parts that I'm most a part of are falling apart, right? So I live, I live between two worlds. I live in little kid world, um, which has got its beautiful, but got its wonderful beauties in the little kid amongst the little kids, right? Their parents who think the sky is falling because Donald Trump is president—that's a little much to take, right? Yeah. And so, so there's this weird thing. Whereas in like there was people I knew that in Milwaukee that had differing views than me and but they were respectful. The greatest line, did I tell you the greatest line I heard? No. This old dude says, I'm just so sick of no one listening to each other. Yeah. Not not I'm so sick of so, no one listening to me. I'm sick of people not listening to each other. So there is something to be said for tradition. I, I studied it, Mike. I was there. I was up the whole time, 56 hours. <laughs> I don't doubt <laughs> it. And, and there's just something. They're so, they all, they all are, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not like here. And now I'm hoping. And there's I, other places too like I'm that, sure there is. Like that. So where, where people are nice and kind. And so where the division is is in the media. That's obvious. The media gets... We can know why there's so much division in media because it gets numbers and it gets makes money. Well, and the rich and people own it. Soap. And the rich it people want soap. us to fight. Right. I don't know if it's that much of a conspiracy. I think it everybody is. has their yeah. own agenda going on. I'm with Chuck, man. I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm saying that, that if you keep these two parties feuding and hating and sidetracked with this dissonance and hate for the, one another, then you are free to pass laws without anybody even noticing. The way to, to, yeah. your, to your liking. Let me, let me tell you something. I had an interesting thing. So I get off the airplane, I come home for a few hours with the kid, napped, and went and did podcasts with Dr. Drew. We, we, we interviewed this alt-right guy, right? Or he says he's not an alt-right guy, but let me just tell so you some like of the me. framework. By no. the way, you're my, a liberal. My, my friend Erin pulled me aside. She listens to this and she goes, I think Bob's right. I think you're a Republican. <laughs> I think you're conservative. No. And I go, you, would you just call me? Well, let me tell you something that shocked me. Okay, so the guy was a The guy was a Navy SEAL. Andrew asked him about 
if he'd ever killed anybody. And he was just unbelievably honest about it. So he talked about his first kill and that it, when he got back to base, this is in, in uh, Iraq, when he got back to base, he really thought, like, I just changed a whole family's life forever, right? Mm -hmm. mm. But he did it for his country. So that relieves the guilt of it, right? Wait, this gets even more amazing. What's, Drew said, what's the worst thing that you ever did, if you don't mind talking about it? He said, we were in um, a town outside of Baghdad, and a little kid started running at us, and it was obvious that he had a suicide vest on, and we kept telling him to stop, 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 shot rounds at his feet, shot rounds in the air, and eventually we had to take him out. Six-year-old little boy. Oh, my God. He did it for his country. What does that mean, Chuck? Going to oh. another sovereign? No, because America's so war-crazy and loves war and war, and war is the greatest thing. They're all heroes and all that that's been going on for the last 20 years in America. Going to another country, uninvited, and executing a six-year-old boy for the United States of America. Just, just, yeah, but dissect, just digest that. But the six-year-old boy, now let's think about this. The six-year-old boy was an instrument of, like, say, ISIS or one of these Why was that groups. young man from Connecticut on a street outside of Baghdad as a target for, yes, for whatever radicals that that's got that six-year-old boy to put, get, put that vest on him and run at him? Yeah, that's sick, man. Yeah, six -year -old that's what is goes doing on what every day in war, him. Mike. It's, do, it's, do, it's it, the six-year-old boy was instructed to do this, and but you're blaming being, the you're blaming somebody else. So you can't. The, well, no, the what soldiers I'm is, shouldn't have been there. What well, are we doing there? But America is so obsessed, like with war. You know, we're going to go to North Korea. But if Trump get if Trump doesn't get impeached and he gets a second term, we'll be at war in the Korean Peninsula. I have no doubt about no, it. No, I believe you. I, I'm convinced of that too. So people are obsessed with war. Now, what does war do to people that are stressed and angry and divisive and full of hate? It makes them feel good. Right. It makes them feel powerful. Oh, that's a sickening thought. It, no, it also does is it creates a different and new divide. And a different and new uh, alliances because it separates people again by different. So now, now you and the audience have fallen into my trap because I just did that on purpose. So we're. T I think millennials are some of the most sensitive, almost. I will. I'll say it. Too sensitive and naive to exist in this real world. I think that's why they take to opioids so good. I think that's why they don't care if they live. I think that's why they are dying like flies. Because we have this world that, how this happened under our watch? I mean, I've been anti-war my whole life. I was just outnumbered, even by liberals. Even Hillary Clinton wanted to go into Iraq. Everybody wanted to go into Iraq except me and like three people I knew. We got to go do something. I was like, Saddam Hussein was put into power by the United States. What the fuck is going on? Stop for a second. Let's think about this. Bin Laden and this and and and, and al-qaeda are not in iraq saddam hussein sees to that he hates al-qaeda al-qaeda as w used to call it right <laughs> it seemed like my own sister my own family were like bobby you're he's you're a traitor you're you should move i got told by my own family why if you don't like the united states why don't you leave that's the world that's become in the last 20 years. That's what Chris Hansen did. He left. Yeah. And then France became so racist, he came back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, see? Yeah. So it is the world. It, well. it is. But, but it's the world controlled by media and these divisive powers and all this kind of stuff. So what I want to do is I want to help millennials understand that it's all bullshit. And the only way that it will change is for them to change it. They're the biggest generation since the baby boomers. If they voted this midterm, if everybody 18 to 26 voted, it would be a tsunami through Washington way more than Donald Trump. But they won't because they don't think it matters. If they did, would it be allowed with electronic voting? 
Right? What do you expect? They don't even drink. They go right to Suboxone. <laughs> I'm trying. To, there's a lot to digest that you've just put out there. Right. So, so there's a lot of these things that are going on that I, I'm just an observer. I was a songwriter. I just observed people. Like I always, I told the story when I played the concert in Milwaukee. Oh, I beg to differ. You're a commenter. But but I'm a well observer. You have to observe to comment. So yeah. I was getting driven home one night by these two girls because I was too drunk. Right. Whoa. In 1987. Okay. And I was. In, they had a Carmen Ghia. I like those. They had no back seat. So I was laying up in the back with my stinky, drunken body and dreadlocks, you know, just a heap of... Your feet used to stink so bad. I was a mess, child. Yeah, but you look good. You Maybe so, you didn't smell good, but you look so, good. So they, I, I remember, I, I don't remember getting in the Carmen Gia. I remember getting out of it, right? But it was at Raji's, so I, got, I must have got... They said that somehow they would drive me home because whatever happened, I don't really remember. But I remember coming to... At the stoplight at Fountain and La Brea. And I'm trying to tell them, like, keep going, because I lived west of there. <laughs> like, keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? And so Mike knows that house very well on Fountain and Gardner. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there, and I go, no, no, the, the, keep straight, keep straight. And I remember then laying back down and seeing the lights of the, of the intersection and the, and the, you know, the, the fluorescent, you know, the lights of the street. And I heard the one girl say, my dad is such an asshole or whatever. He cares more about his personalized license plate than he does about me. I heard them, this girl say that. I got home. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. And it's in a song that Mike and I wrote called Anymore. I've just been observing what people say and what I people get do. You. I get and you. what I've been observing of what people say and what they do is really ugly lately. Right? And so... I think we need to encourage not only just help millennials to don't die, but encourage them to say, we got the world that we allowed to be made around us. We didn't put up much fuss, right? We allowed it to have no health care. We allowed it to have, it be, to have it go back and forth and war is the greatest thing. We've allowed all this, right? And so... By them not participating and and dying and checking out and just being unconscious most of the time and never taking a step forward into adulthood and and responsibility, they're just they're just not even doing what we did, which is survive it and try to exploit it or try to get with it. They're just they're just checking out, right? There are some that are not. Obviously, the kids in in Florida, Parkland, but they're a little younger. I don't think they're millennials. Millennials mm -hmm. are the generation that right. need to be encouraged, be empowered. And, and we have to say, we made some mistakes. I pushed out. After 9-11 and 2001, 2002, 2003, I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to argue with these people anymore. I don't care if they go fucking kill a million Iraqis. I don't care. That's what they did. That's what they did. And some of them were six-year-old boys. And the people who did it, think they did it for the United States of America and they have no guilt and they have no shame. And that's not, if you recall, how people felt about the Vietnam War. Now, war in defense, war to save and stop atrocity, that's, one, that's a different category. <clears throat> well, that's, that's what I was going to say. But that's not what this was. But the, I mean, I think that there was a, a sense of patriotism and a sense of of doing well for what was in the world's best interest, apparently, or that's the way it was. You can't to me. even protest the national anthem anymore. I've been protesting the national anthem my whole life. I, I heard you try and sing it once. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't protesting Ooh. that night. <laughs> Singe. <laughs> no, but but I I purposely you know I love basketball my whole life. I purposely try to get there late so I don't have to hear that violent warmongering song to tell you the truth and i i don't mind getting the flack at cooper net cooper whatever his name is um I, I purposely get there late but if i do get there i don't stand up and i don't take my hat off and 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 i should have that right as america as an american but i don't have that right anymore yeah no and that that's interesting because that's that whole next level thing of did nike for the sake of unpaid for publicity go that route or was it an actual 
I think it was a marketing move. I think it was a marketing We've move. We've been too. talking and about Nike for four days. And now. it hasn't stopped, and people are, uh, they're doing the right thing. And I'm thinking, you got played again by the same what about people the that have been playing you. What, for- what about the fact that we are, we are in a tariff war? We are in on the verge of all kinds of scary stuff in the world, what it seems like from the Woodward book. Um, we have mostly generals as advisors to the president. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Is that's what they signed up for? Is killing and war, right? And everybody feels so assured, just like the XTC they feel, song. They feel <laughs> yep. they feel so reassured that it's only it's all the generals are around them. They'll keep him from doing something crazy. Really, they're in the business of killing. <laughs> they're in the business of war. Yeah. So so you know, I like I I just pushed out, and I I feel like I'm stepping back in. Like, listen, war is a, a horrible evil and when when you think about a six-year-old kid getting shot by an american kid from connecticut and the american kid from connecticut is kind of proud of it that he was defending his country it didn't it didn't sound like he was proud of it he said it was the hardest thing he had to do yeah with. yeah well, they get programmed a bit too you know oh, of course <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be to you have to, to be to coping mechanism yep so that cope, my coping mechanism is to act like it's the, none of it exists, right? That's what Mike said, his coping mechanism at Disneyland. I just have a radar vision, and I can just see the misery. I see people yelling at their kids. I see people that barely walk because they're so big. I see this suffering and sadness everywhere I go. You know, that being, being, an, being an empath, I don't like being labeled that, but I think... Wait, I'm sensitive to that. To you're what? an empath to, uh, to the feelings of others. Yes, to the, to a point where that's what an addict is. To, to so, where it, it, it physically affects, uh, it have physical effects on me. To where I can, I can, you can, you know, when you're sitting and you see you're talking to somebody who's new and you can just feel their their heart drop. You don't. It's not even their face. It's not even what they're saying. Right. But that ability. It's to, attunement you're talking it, about. It freaking hurts, and you know, so it's like to know I you need to lean in with this person or whatever, and to see all the people that don't have that, that don't care. For example, my uh, my meeting on Sunday, we had a we had a, a young lady who was not happy with a, our my meeting on the beach that I go to. <laughs> Because we have crosstalk and we we're, yeah, we yeah. jab we jab each other and she wanted to stop crosstalk and she had a she called for a meeting after the business meeting, meeting right? yeah and so we said okay in two weeks and the fact that she left that business meeting angry because we voted not to change the way we do things bothered me when the other people were like yeah this is you know tell her she doesn't like the TV. She's watching Change the Channel. There's a thousand other meetings for her to go to. And I was bothered that someone left a meeting angry, angry, even though she was mostly angry with me. Because because I'm the secretary? No, but it was because I'm one of those guys where I I know these people. We're all friends. We're all supportive. And so it's like... Do you regulate it? Because I I secretary to a cross-talk meeting. And there were certain people that went a little too far. And after the meeting, I'd be like, dude, next time let's like be a little cooler. We've done everything to I've we've done everything from telling some guys that you can't have a phone list because they're creepy and they're pervy <laughs> and they're hitting on the girls. And I know creeps and perverts because it takes one, you know. But the um to to telling people, you know, hey man, this isn't about you sharing at somebody if you want to share in a general way your experience but we don't give advice here this is a 12-step meeting we don't give advice that's not what it is it's not me telling you what to do because you shared that you're having a a struggle with something i can share my solution right or i can share an experience i have but i don't share at somebody but the fact that she left pissed off is still kind of sitting with me yeah no i and fuck her man (laughs) mike's got a the perfect scenario to just go through without. I had a guy say that. A guy goes, you know what? Right now, it's funny because he said France. Right now, there's a lady in France that's really upset too. Are you going to care what she thinks? And I go, <laughs> I like that guy. I go, I don't, I don't know her. And he goes, you don't know her either. Just because she she fell into your orbit and wants to be angry and wants to be unhappy and chose us to be unhappy at doesn't have to affect you that way. Well, they're kind of right, Chuck. That's the you know I get that perspective, but but what is making her angry is the same. I I bet you here's what I like to do. That guy 
if I knew that guy, like you know that guy, I would know what makes him angry and bring it right up. <laughs> right? So he can understand. You know, I would tell because, him. <laughs> so he can understand exactly what she's going through. He's seeing, seeing himself as pious and above that, right? He never gets like that. There's nothing that oh, gets tell in him, his tell him, All you have to do is tell a newcomer, just don't drink and don't use. And he, goes, and he loses that it. Fuck, that's <laughs> bullshit. That doesn't, it doesn't talk about saying that anywhere in the book. So, so I, so I know how get, to get to him. Yeah, so yeah. this gets to the, they, they asked the Dalai Lama what was wrong with the world. This is like in the 90s. And he simply said with a twinkle in his eye, lack of insight. Right? So that's what I'm seeing is, is not only lack of insight, but an embracing and reinforcing and a believing in lack of insight. And I think that goes one step further than that thing you said earlier is I can't have insight as to what makes Bob, Bob's work, Bob work without listening to Bob. If I don't listen to other people, if there's not, if we're not listening to each other, we can't have insight into it. And that's what I call observing. I just watch the way people are. And, and uh, I watch the Milwaukee people. There's just such kindness and such thoughtfulness and such respect. And I don't know that that is around where I see it. I see it at Aloe. How do we know? bring it? How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make that happen? How do you force people to listen to other people? I think for-profit recovery is a poison to it. I really do. But we're forced, you know, I'll rationalize, we're forced to be for profit in uh, uh, recovery because I believe a lot of the 12-step world has dropped the ball. They obviously haven't read Working With Others, <laughs> right? And, and there is a for-profit healthcare system in America. Listen, I guarantee you, I don't know about Warren, but, but I guarantee you, if, if we went to Medicaid, Medicare for everybody, I would still be in the business. I can tell you that hundreds of people I know would not be. Because you know what that means. There's going to be no profits. And there's going to be a settlement down of salary. And there will be not all this high overhead management money. Right? Right. Well, yeah, there would definitely... Yeah. There will just be nuts and bolts rehabs like CryHelp Impact the old models of Betty Ford and Hazelden, it will be paid for at the rate that Medicare establishes for the United States. And there will be no hundreds of thousands of dollars in profits, no, no hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing money to be gobbled up by all a bunch of people that have no patient contact. There'll be none of that. There'll be no billions of dollars going to Google. It will, it will flatten everything. You don't think that like um, whiny entitled rich people want a place to go to have, be like yeah, alone and yeah, separate but, from everybody else and pay a bunch of money? But that's that's such a minority. Yeah, and that's that's always existed. And ironically, most of those people aren't going to rehab at all anymore. They're creating their own rehabs in their own worlds, right? Are they bringing in life coaches? Yeah, life coaches, sober coaches are called. Mike, you ever heard of them? They coach you how to be sober for $1,500 a day. I could do that. <laughs> but, but think about that. Think about Medicare for Everyone would solve that I'm, I'm one appendicitis away from bankruptcy and ruining my life and my children's life. That goes away instantly. Right. Uh, all the corruption of the recovery industry goes away instantly. All the Wall Street interaction with Big Pharma goes away instantly. Well, that was the so other now, thing Carrie So says. now think about it. That's why nobody wants it. Who doesn't want it? Big Pharma doesn't want it. The insurance industry doesn't want it. The politicians who get their money from those people don't want it. Rudy Giuliani doesn't want it. He was the lawyer for Purdue Pharma. Right? So mm. the power, the people in power don't want it. The people need to demand it, but they're so divided that Medicare for everybody is communism. That's what conservative people think of Bernie. That, that, uh, that Obamacare, the, which is a step in some corrupt direction of trying to create affordable health care, uh, for-profit for affordable health care, that I saw in Yucca Valley, California, a picture of of uh, Barack Obama, he was an African American gentleman. I don't know if you ever saw him. He was the president um, of the United States with a when? Hitler mustache, and these people protesting on the on, the, on 29 Palms Highway on the weekend, saying, "Don't take away our health care." He's Hitler, 
When you have a huh. society that stupid, I don't know what else to tell you, but that we need millennials to not die, get enlightened, gain insight, and take over. And I've been saying that of them in the 12-step community. I would love it if every meeting I went to, a millennial was the secretary of. That would make me so happy. Why, why can't then, okay, let's take it off the national because, you, you, I mean, I've... I've uh, I'm more centric. I think there's good pockets like Milwaukee. I, I, I bet you there is 50 Milwaukee's across the United States. So, I but, would bet on Austin, Texas like that. Atlanta's probably like that. Um, any any metropolitan areas that are that, that are... You know, below a million population. I, I don't even know. Milwaukee's probably five, eight hundred thousand, five hundred thousand people, right? I have no idea. Yeah, we can but look the, it up. But the the, I mean, now, now, hold, hold on. Atlanta is is a high percentage of African American, correct? Yeah, but there's. I went to only like five percent of it, of twelve step meetings African Americans attend. That's ninety five percent of it's white. Yeah, that's another reason why it's so racist and gross. Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee. It's just it that is. way. I don't know why. No, it's always okay, that way. They didn't, allow, okay. they didn't no. allow black people in it in the beginning. They didn't N allow black people in it till the late 1950s. N.A. is the opposite. Milwaukee uh, population. Let's see how much. I bet you it's like 600,000. Okay. The whole city is as big as L.A., has 600,000 people. It's, there it's, are 600,000 people in the IE, my friend. That's there are right. 600,000 people in, in Huntington Beach. Beach. In yeah. Long Beach. Yeah. That's crazy. So maybe... Now it, you know why everybody was all angry and fat and stuff. <laughs> so what is it that there's something, there's something there where, there, where it's people, that the people can listen to each other. There's community in Milwaukee. They all know each other. I mean, I went to a meeting. There was probably 250 people there, right? 200. It was a weird thing. You know what they do? They start the meeting all together with all 200, right? And then it breaks off into five different meetings. How crazy is that? And it's this big church hall, and they shut the doors, and each area of this big room has its own separate meeting and there's a beginners group and there's the they don't the, let you out until you get the message so it's like the mormon church there's a commie group it was just great it was just uh, so there you go it has to be small it has to be containable uh, uh, like accountable to each other how about that that somehow when things are so big and so sprawling and so based on social media and not human contact, it becomes easy to divide, easy to... Okay, so why can't California with the seventh largest GDP in the world as a, if it counted as its own country, yeah, yeah. why can't California lead the way with Medicaid, Medi-Cal Well, Massachusetts everybody? already done it. Well, but, but why can't it happen here? Why isn't it, instead of looking at the national picture? Because you're you're just you. Just, that's a great point. We've got it's a huge country. To have it cut in quarters would be a good start, right? But to just well, look that's at, the idea that wrote. You know, everybody's so worried about the Supreme Court. Listen inevitably they're going to gut Roe v. Wade, so it doesn't ma It doesn't mean anything in states that don't want it. So in Arkansas and in North and South Dakota and. There already is no abortion there, Utah. So a, a more compromising solution is to let it go back to the states. And then Massachusetts and California and New York and, and probably, of course, Washington and Oregon um, will allow... Here's an interesting thing with the conservative guy. He's anti-abortion, pro-life. right? He's pro-life, okay. but he killed a six-year-old kid for his country. I mean, think about that. Think, how do you... How he did do that you, for you, Bob. How do you meet? How do you meet in the middle? <laughs> I, I I don't know how you rectify those two things. I don't. I... Well, so anyways, the idea is go back to the states. Go back to the states, and then the states will have universal health care in California, right? Mm -hmm. I guess that would be one way of doing it. But I here's one thing I do know: Blue Cross is, uh, is centered in California. How, how, how much power do they have in Sacramento? How much power do they have in the state of California? I would imagine quite a bit yeah, of but, lobbying but, power. But if we could get this generation off out of their phones... 
Maybe the phones are the key. I don't think we're going to get them out of their phones. Maybe their phones need to be used as weapons against the systems that are killing them. But that's what I, I hear. That's why I stopped with the news again, because the news just kills me. The closest I've gotten to the news was Bill Maher. Um, because- you know, I had something happen the other day before I left. I left on Thursday night. So before I left, something happened that I was trying to find out about. And there was no news channel I could go to to find out about something that was, had really happened. Every channel, including Channel 5 News, had opinions and fluff stories. Just opinions and fluff. And, right? And negative and bullshit. It's, just, uh, it's overwhelming. So, so I don't think we can change it. We're the ones that stood by and allowed it all to happen out of being chicken shit to stand up for, our, for, our, for what is righteous. And for kind of having it easy. You know, I always respected McCain. Right. The only mistake McCain ever made with Sarah Palin is kind of an unforgivable mistake. You want to know what a great man he is? A year ago, he said, I feel regretful about bringing Sarah Palin onto the national stage. I shouldn't have done that. The man could admit doing something wrong. He was an honorable man. I've watched Republicans stand by while he's attacked and ridiculed by this piglet. That, that, that occupies the Oval Office. And I don't, think, I don't think Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell or Susan Collins or Bob Corker, I don't think these are, these are unethical, immoral people. I think 45 is. But that they stand by and let one of their most, I think he's one of the last American kind of straight talkers. He reminds me of Harry Truman, Right? Stand by and watch this man ridiculed for years by a coward. That's the country we're living in now. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because I watched the reactions to his death. And, the, and among my people that I talked to, they went from good riddance to the warmonger. I hope it hurt as much as the pain he's caused the world. Right. Two, we lost a great man. This is a sad day. Yeah, it was and, a weird swing. And what right? influenced that? I've always... Uh, war, is, war is just a part of the world. What it came down to was, was that he reached across and made some decisions and outwardly spoke against 45, so the Democrats embraced him. <laughs> you say 45. <laughs> I can't say his name anymore. It's so disgusting. I can't either. You know, they embraced him and, and they did a lot of media on him and stuff. I mean, I thought he was a great American, but I did not like his policies. He sold Indian land. You know, he hid it in a bill that, that he'd been trying to pass for years. I mean, that's, that's politics as usual in America. But I'm just talking about as a public figure, he spoke his mind. And when he was wrong, he admitted it. I don't think there's another, I don't think we will ever see another politician like that. I never saw Obama say he did something wrong. I'm, I'm going to be just devil's advocate I don't like know, you. I don't know that you ever will. I don't think I... I don't think I've you ever... can get to that level of politics of being president and not believe that you're always right. <laughs> I think there's something about a person that makes it to that level, which is, which is what's amazing about McCain. Because to be at that level, it's like, you know, we were talking about rock stars and rock star bullshit like in between yeah, stuff yeah. here. That's not anywhere near president. As far as feeding ego, and if you're ego-driven, and if you're narcissistic, or if you're... Um, so if, just by virtue of wanting the job, you got to be unqualified I mean, to have if, it. if you're more than eight years old saying, I want to be president, <laughs> there's something inherently wrong with you. There's got to be. All right. So then, that, that's a good point. You've got to like be that. a sociopath of the highest performance. So how do we enlighten young people? Like, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I just want to, let's acknowledge the problems that we observe or see or can or concretely kind of agree on. Healthcare is the number one thing, I think. You tackle healthcare, you'll, you'll bring everything down to size, right? That's why nobody tackles it, right? And so healthcare is one. This, this loving of war, I don't understand it. I know that children are killed but that's by a big Obama's why drones. Expect, they, a lot of people respected McCain because of his service, because he was a, a war hero. That was the biggest thing. That was the biggest mistake Trump made was saying what he said about John McCain. Because that drew well, fire from both sides of the aisle. When you go, the courageous Americans, 
Eisenhower comes to mind. If you ever see the documentary Why We Fight, Eisenhower's last statements as president to the nation, he said you should be very aware and concerned about the military-industrial complex. That's a general told the American public that. And the American public just said, let's go kill some Vietnamese. You know what I mean? And they just said, oh yeah, the communists are coming. The commies are coming. The, Fear, these, division, these people are coming. same, the same people stuff, are coming. right. And so I don't think it's going to stop, and I think it's going to be Korean X. So Chinese, Korea, da-da-da, you're going to see it amp up. And, and, you know, it's just crazy, the world we're living in, and there's no sanity, there's no sane dialogue. If you even just object to war, they, my own family told me I should move out of the United States. Like, what kind of world it's is that? It's a good thing you don't listen to your family. Huh? It's a good thing you don't listen. To I'm gonna. <laughs> so, I don't so think anyway. the, I don't think the soldiers in, in the Vietnam War were any different than the soldiers that they're putting out now. And actually, they put them out. They conditioned them. No, they, they were there was a big difference. They were drafted, and this is voluntary. You've seen Full Metal Jacket. Hello, that was pretty realistic. I know, but they didn't choose to be there. The war the the soldiers now choose to be there. You were chosen. There's a big difference. Yeah, the draft. The draft. People that were in Vietnam didn't choose to be there to go kill commies. They were drafted and told, you either go to jail or you go kill commies. This new thing is of their own free will to go kill six-year-old children on the streets but no, of the But no, a lot of nation. them do it because it's the only way they can get an income and an education. There you go. That's true. You know, they, they're, they're offered the a job, yeah. Bing, basically. bing, bing, bing. Mike hit the second one of the second bell. Education. For-profit education. We have for-profit health care. We have for-profit education guess what no other civilized society have for-profit health care and for-profit education but since nobody in america nobody i flew with on the denver flight to inland empire sounds like you were going to a walmart you sure you weren't they've never been to scandinavia or france or other countries and constantly criticize those people because of the things they're told about those people Right or Portugal or Spain or or you know El Salvador or I mean it's all public health care and public education but because it's those are not entitlements they are rights. It's really a touchy subject because a lot of men gave their lives so that we can have the freedoms to talk and that is one of the big points and I don't care you can put me down for that if you want but Oh, I know that. Is there is there such a thing as a just war and an unjust war? Yes, I believe there is. I believe World War 2 was a just war. Okay. So the idea that that if if in, if Europe falls, America is next and we will have either communism or fascism. That's a just war. But as long as we're distracted by division and war and everybody's out to get us and everybody hates us and blah, 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 which has been going on now since 9-11, right? Everybody hates us. Okay. You know, if you go in, you ever go anywhere, they don't hate us. Okay, they so don't. But if... Uh... They, you know why they don't hate America? Because America's where rock and roll was invented. America's where everything cool comes from. America invented Coca-Cola America, there's so many things that the world, Starbucks, the world embraces American life. McDonald's. They don't like Americans' foreign policy. That's well, it. Like so when, and they're intelligent and educated enough and not stressed by being, you know, one appendectomy away from bankruptcy and the one to kill yourself because you're never going to have a, a, a home to live in, right? They're not like that. They don't have that. So they, they're smart enough to be able to differentiate American people, American lifestyle, American uh, uh, goods, American, American culture, and their foreign policy. Americans are not smart enough to do that, even about America, hmm. right? You can't have civilized discussions in this country about these things. 
I'm sure we're gonna get some emails. No, we, we were, <laughs> you know, the, well, yeah. that's that's you know, every once in a while I read something that I really like, and that is we were taught not to talk about these things when we should have been taught how to have civilized discussions about them instead of not talking about religion. We should have been politics. informed about them. Well, we, we, yeah, well, being informed comes with a desire to understand someone else's point of view too, though, because to be educated, I can't just read one opinion out of a book. I have to hear from you. I have to hear from Mike. What I have are the to hear positive... from my dad. I have to hear from the, my friends. I have to hear from everybody to become well But what are the positives of a for-profit healthcare system? Somebody getting rich. And this is why I wanted to get back to that. So I mean, so oh my God. so why don't why don't? How was your hernia surgery? How much did you have to pay? What was the whole deal? How hard was it to get authorization? What was the whole deal? Was it easy? Getting, or did was you it have hard? to go to war and shoot a six year old boy for that? <laughs> no, but the, no, it wasn't bad because I uh, pay a lot of money for insurance. So you didn't have to get authorized by your doctor. Oh, I had. Get, oh, I had to go through some. How many? Had, how many times did you have to go to the doctor? Uh, I, was, I was sporting a buddy here for months. Months. I mean, so months, ladies and gentlemen, months before you can get proper health care because they have to make sure about the expenditure. Right, and I had to go from this That's doctor a good to, system this doctor to, to this doctor to this doctor. That's a good system to have. No, what I would, but because I because like, they're worried about how much money they're going to. I like the idea of returning to us the states run it because the united states is so big to have one thing i mean we have our own dmvs why can't we have our own healthcare state for state and then you can vote for which one you like best by moving there you know and the more people that move to that state because they like the health health care the more money's collected through taxes that pay for that health care you don't like it all being covered in california you can live in texas where it's only partially covered right or whatever it is but the the, the idea of the but whole mostly, United States mostly having people move places because of work. I've got a solution for health care is if you get sick, just stay home, stay away from the doctors. And if you die, die. do it gracefully. That's <laughs> kind of my plan. <laughs> That's what cats do. You're, you have the cat plan. You're on the cat no. plan. <laughs> but let's get back to the don't die message. So millennials... <laughs> Millennials are, I believe millennials are affected by all this. They go to the doctor and they get this stuff, man. They're kept in, in a state of euphoria. Or delusion, or delusion, or illusion. Now think about this as a conspiracy, okay? So 45 thinks to himself, if I'm a fucking complete asshole, I'll make these kids want to tune out and nobody's going to go yeah, to the voting booth. that's definitely part of it, I think. But but what he but the real concern is the independence and he he just dropped like fifteen points with independence in the last six weeks. That's amazing. That means because because the, the term independent is discerning. What it means is discerning. They're the people who voted for Obama, and then they're the people who voted for Trump. They they are not tied to any bandwagon. They're right. not tied to any kind of uh dogmatic ritualistic they're right no matter but we don't what. get to vote in primaries right so so you lose them there's no way to gain anything else right you're only losing because you hold the base lose the independence the suburban moms i think the biggest mistake and i said it to the guy yesterday on the podcast he's predicting uh red wave right um, I said, well, we'll see you on November 7th or 8th or 9th. Maybe we have you back on the 10th and see how it goes. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but, but suburban moms who, who held their nose and voted for Trump, I said it. I said the word. Don't be right? afraid. So, so th they're not going to go along with any more of this. They saw children in cages. They saw two-year-olds taken out of their mother's arms by the United States of America. Wow. I wouldn't count on their vote if I was a Republican. No, there, there, there's a whole lot of, I see, I see a whole lot of... That was his, that was his biggest mistake. They're, 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 they're really big on um, reassuring themselves, don't worry, we've got another four already. And then I, then I look to the, the Democratic side and I'm like, you guys better be getting something in order right now, something that's right, honest. A, you better be pulling something, pull your head out of your asses, because talking shit about him isn't going to get your next guy elected. No, talking about healthcare does. But let me, let me tell you this. You want a conspiracy, Mike? Yes, I do. 
Guess <laughs> guess who made it happen to take two-year-old children out of the arms of their mother and made sure that it was recorded on videotape? Uh, Jeff Sessions. Jeff How do we know Sessions. That? He's the head of the Justice Department. Instead of all the stuff you're hearing where they try to stop him from doing a bad idea, Jeff Sessions said, Mr. Trump, this is a good idea. We should move forward with this thing right now. These goddamn people shouldn't be allowed to have their children with them. Maybe he's the op-ed. He's the op-ed. You think he's a confederate? I think Dan Coates is the... I'll, I'll just predict it right now. I think Dan Coates, the head of national security, is is either... Ha- wrote the letter, had the letter written, or it's he and his national s- security team that are behind it. As as a, he's seventy five years old. He's as a never, way to leverage him out. He, he's seventy five years old. He's never going to run for office again, and he is aghast, aghast, right? Like most people that are kind of thinking, th- thinking in terms of foreign policy and n- national security. I mean, kind of like, whoa, whoa. See, I'm not sure if it was a good idea or a bad it idea. It was a bad if it, idea. If it's going to it's gonna, backfire on them or... It's a bad idea for the Democrats to make too big a deal about it. If I was in control of the Democrats, that's what I would do. Great. Be a commie. Great. Be a commie. Be a conservative. Great. Be moderate. Great. Be, be of service to where you think you're getting elected, right? So the gal that won in Queens, like, yeah, be a commie. It's fucking Queens. No, it, and then <laughs> a more conservative person in Missouri, fucking, yeah, conservative, military, blah, 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 yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Well, th- this is, th- and I, gosh, I, I, don't, I don't respect. Be a representative of your constituency. I don't respect Jim Carrey's opinion because he's Jim Carrey, but because of what he was saying and the platform he was able to say it on, it made so much sense. And he was saying, teach your kids that socialism is not a bad word. Teach your kids about what socialism is. They don't. I guarantee you, seventy percent of the American public doesn't know. What and it is. It, and he said, you know, because the idea of a socialism being a bad thing is what's got so many people in an uproar that people we that, have socialized. Uh, we have socialized agriculture. Socialized. Well, uh, oil. You have, we have oil is subsidized. Oil. Our farming, our our fire department, our police department, our schools are or are up to up to at least grade twelve. Um, but he, you know, he says it, as soon as people understand and they can no longer throw that word at somebody meaning a bad thing, then we'll have a better understanding in how to move forward. And I thought it was it was so well said. Well, God, why is that a bad word? Why are people afraid of it? Why do people throw Nazi out when it's got nothing to do with Nazism? Well, Charlottesville did have something to do with Nazis. They were chanting, that, no blood, no blah, 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 that, which is a Nazi chant. I know. It, have yeah. you seen the real footage of that? I don't have to to know what it is. It was hundreds of fucking whack jobs. And I, and I know. It, you know, they made it seem like in the media it was only 20 or 40 of them. No, it was hundreds of them. Hundreds in a, in a country of... Um, Millions. Well, you can call them Nazis when they're Nazis. Well, when they are, when they actually are. Right? When they I don't, I don't call 45 a Nazi. I don't think um, he's a Nazi. Well, he is all day long. I think he's a racist. I don't, like, I don't think it does I, Here's anybody, what I say. I think it takes he's the power racist, out of the word. He's racist like most 75-year-old white men are. As, as a result of his He just thinks upbringing. of himself as... Be- no, most white males in the United States who are 75 years old think of themselves as better than... Hispanics or black people, and definitely better than homosexuals or transgender people. They just do. That's what they think. I think that he thinks he's better than just most. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, or Mexican. I think he just thinks he's been entitled his whole life, and he doesn't like poor people. You know who he does look the most down on? He said it about Jeff Sessions, Southern idiots. Did you see what he said about Sessions? <laughs> no. no, I haven't been it was, watching. It was about a month ago. He said he's a Southern idiot, couldn't even run a one one office, a one lawyer office in Alabama. That's, he said that about the head of the, the Justice Department wow. that he elected, that he nominated. So anyways, we go down a rabbit's hole with that. I just think that this, <laughs> no, yeah. this is part, if you talk to millennials once they get about a month, a month and a half sober, this is what they're facing. 
right? Mm-hmm. And add another thing, because it's at Aloe Treatment Centers, and I meet most of them. Those houses that are Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu are the best these kids are ever going to live. They're never going to live in a house that beautiful. They're never going to live in a community that safe, that clean, that then that's the best their life is ever going to be. And they know it because they're from Huntington, West Virginia, and they're from Ohio and they're from New Jersey and they come from working class or middle class. So they're up against this onslaught of cacophony of madness that has become the United States in the last 15, 20 years. And they feel they're underdeveloped. They're underdeveloped emotionally and 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 coping skills wise and life skills wise, right? They just don't get it. So what I think we need to do is start start encouraging them because what what the state of mind that millennials who are addicts are in, which is you know quite substantial number of millennials. Mm-hmm. I mean, the leading cause of death of millennials is drug overdose. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. All right, we're going to go. We'll see you. We're out of here. See you later. Yeah.